Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Vanity, starring in her first motion picture. She's a rock video queen on the hit list of a maniacal gangster. And Timok, a champion searching for the power of the glow. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. The movie that has the music of Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, Sarita, Rockwell, Charlene, Willie Hutch, Alfie, Vanity, and DeBarge. Plus all the power, glamour, and excitement of Motown. Catch the show. Get the glow. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, directed by Michael Schultz, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, March 22nd at a theater near you. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. going to be episode 150 of Movie Sucktastic, a small milestone for us. Uh, so, if you're all tuning in live, the first thing you're going to notice is the film is playing upside down. <laughs> that is something Scott and I talked about uh, because uh, in last week's episode, or uh, the one we did a couple of weeks ago, YouTube is fucking us left and right. They are not allowing any of our videos to play, even though we show our movies with no sound and for review purposes only. It falls completely within fair usage rights. They don't care. Uh, they don't care to fight for us is what we talked about last time because the movie companies or the copyright holder, they immediately, uh, as soon as it gets flagged, they dispute it and it's just this month-long process. Uh, we had to actually delete our uh 
what was it? It was the uh, break-in two uh, electric boogaloo without the break-in, where we take all instances of dance out of the film, and it was flagged immediately by MGM, and uh, I had to actually take it down today because uh, there was just no way to dispute it. They would just fight it again, and then it would just be forcibly taken off. So, so, so in order to try to avoid being flagged by their automatic uh, matrix whatever thingy, uh, uh, analog rhythm stuff, we, uh, we've got algorithm. Playing, yeah, that's a, whatever. We've got it playing upside <laughs> down and inverted to see if that does anything. Well, it's not inverted. It's just upside <clears throat> down. It's inverted. The, the wording's backwards. At least on what I'm seeing. Oh, you know what? When I think invert, I I always think how I used to watch the Playboy channel back in the day where I used to hold down those brown boxes and I used to put the dial in the middle. That's also also uh, inverted. Yeah, but but yeah, I'm talking about invert, like mirror image then. How about that? Sure. I'll accept that. Okay. My uh, Photoshop skills uh, tell me invert means uh, when it's photo negative like that. Anyway! Please and also we a- welcome our special uh, guest for this evening. I'm sorry, Scott. You no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, uh, Christian Wallner, or Chris Wallner, as we like to call him. He is on the show. Thank you for joining us, buddy. No problem. Greetings <laughs> all. Now, if anyone uh, remembers the last time Chris was on, he <laughs> was uh, he helped us review the film Megaforce, which was also his recommendation, which also is the most downloaded show in... Uh, history for us it was did something ridiculous like 30,000 downloads in a single month uh, just for that episode never underestimate the power of how need them <laughs> yeah Deeds, kiss that thumb words. and point it at a screen <laughs> oh man so, so so if this episode is as popular you're, you're, you're gonna have to come back like every episode yeah you're just gonna hey, have you know. to be the third guest or the third member of the show I should say not even a guest <laughs> We can't pay you. Get right future ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, we can't pay you, but uh, <laughs> what you else know, is we, new? Yeah, <laughs> we'll do our best otherwise. Um, so anyway, what we're reviewing this week is the Last Dragon from 1985. Barry Gordon's the Barry Last Gordon's Dragon. Last Dragon. That's right. And uh, I'm wondering if that was like a marketing technique because usually they don't usually do that unless they're trying to sell the film to. Like, you know, Steven Spielberg presents, just because his name was attached, that the films always did pretty well, even, you know, kind of crappy films like Batteries Not Included, probably did better than they should have, because it said Steven Spielberg presents. Well, it's like Um, Tyler Perry movies, same thing. Yeah, like for the longest time, I thought Steven Spielberg had a lot more to do with the Back to the Future films uh, than just being a producer on it, you know, and it, but... You know, so I'm wondering if the the Barry Gordon thing was to attract a black crowd. I don't know. Well, it says with no. the kiss of Motown or whatever on the exactly in the you know trailer or whatever. So there you Scott go. immediately disagrees with me because something came out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Motown. So anyway, is it. yeah, yeah, baby. Um, so the rhythm of the night. Nothing, you know, says, nothing says, you know, urban plight better than El DeBarge. Uh, you know. <laughs> and he had yeah, the I last billing when they were yeah, announcing I, all the music. And DeBarge. Yeah, I mean, the big selling point is vanity of the film. And I, I was watching it with Holly. And so 
I'm looking up movie. You know, I always look look up movie facts and stuff while we're watching films. When I make her watch movie fantastic stuff, she starts looking up uh, all this other stuff and uh, like all the music stuff. And the two things that she she mentioned that I never knew during the whole DeBarge video because it's either look stuff up or watch the DeBarge video was one I didn't realize that DeBarge was like a whole family. Oh yeah, oh, L- yeah. And, and, and like DeBarge. <laughs> yeah, uh, and L DeBarge is just one of them. He was also I, married to Janet Jackson when she was like fifteen or something like that. So that was like a melding of the Jacksons and the DeBarge, is, <laughs> which is weird. Is that and then why the other the Jerry thing Cole was hair? Is that why that was going on? Yeah, and then the <laughs> other thing was that uh, according to Holly, Vanity uh, dated Prince for a while. Yeah, yeah. Vanity uh, Six or Van? Who did? Right, Prince. Uh, Prince is the reason that her name is Vanity. Although originally he had told her to change her name to Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the that artist Prince. formerly what known as Prince? What? <laughs> you mean the artist formerly known as Prince? Well, back then he was just Prince. This is before he was the formerly. This is the. the yes, uh, no, I, I'm. Yes. I'm, yeah. See, the weird mind. thing, Prince wanted to change his name to Penis. So then it would have been penis and vagina. Oh, yeah, see, see, and that fits, you know. <laughs> that, that fits, yeah. Uh, the first movie I ever saw Vanity Naked in, and it could be the only film she was ever naked in, was 52 Pickup with Roy Scheider. Oh, I think, she, I think she had a nude scene in Action Jackson, but I could be wrong. Ah, we reviewed that. Uh, I, don't re- I don't remember her being naked in that. I think it was just a quick topple scene, but again... Possible, yeah. It might have been a side boob thing, I, I for some reason, well, Fifty Two Pickup is in you know just etched into my my brain because she's like being interviewed by um, uh, by Roy Scheider's character, and she's just topless doing kind of like these kind of stripper moves, and I was just like, oh my god, this woman. <laughs> See, I I just remember the chase scene. That's all. Yeah, no. When you're eleven years old, you know, okay. chase chase okay. scenes are are in every other movie. I'm good with that all day long. Nude scenes, they don't come around very often. Nope. Nope. It's exactly. my predilection to separate vacations. There, see? That was a late <laughs> night Skinamax film. I remember it vividly. I, for, I forbid us to talk about separate vacations. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I now, haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I wouldn't even know where to start with it. Chris, do you want to do you want to give like the, the, the plot synopsis of The Last Dragon so we can get the review rolling? Or no? No. I'm gonna put you on the spot. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> Bruce I, Leroy. Well, it, it's the thing I find funny watching this is since we reviewed uh, Breaking, Breaking Two, and then Rapping, right. the plot to this is almost uh, identical to the Rapping plot. Yeah, the the main villain in the Rapping uh, film wanted well, to fight. Well, you jump. Well, don't, don't don't jump ahead there. I mean, even the basic idea of we start the film with the main character. Returning the town now. In the film, <clears throat> excuse me, Leroy Bruce Leroy, uh, our lead, played by Ty Mac, uh, who was a uh, martial arts instructor, and this is like one of one of his few only films. Uh, he returns the town, but they don't really explain what he's returning from. It, I mean, you're, it's supposed to be technically, I guess, you're supposed to assume he's returning from training, but he. It's not like he's that far away. I mean, his master. Yeah, he looks he's, like he's, he's cool. in the same town. Yeah, blocks. so he wasn't really <laughs> away. And then when um, th- uh, the Shogun of Harlem, who's the <laughs> best, best part of this film ever, <clears throat> when he shows up, he's like, I have returned. 
Where did he come from? Wasn't he in that TV series with Bruce Campbell a long while ago? Briscoe County Jr. And he was also in Dr. Doctor with Matt Frewer. You're right. Uh, I forgot about that one. Oh, I didn't. I've still got a bunch of those on video. Um, So you've got these two main characters now, and Rappin, of course, Rappin Hood had just returned from prison. So they they kind of imply that at least the Shogun, like, again, he says, I have returned, but they never really say from where. So it's possible that both of these characters have returned from prison at some point. Hmm. You mean Bruce Leroy? I'm both. I said both characters, Bruce he's Leroy fuck, and he, the Shogun. The, Bruce Leroy's a fucking Boy Scout. There's no yeah. way he went to prison. The, how, where was he uh, coming back from then? That's all I'm saying. He Did was he? living with the, that old Chinese guy that they couldn't yeah. get. Down the street. Mako. They couldn't get Mako. So they yeah, that's right. Mako Light. <laughs> yeah. So they hired him, and that's where he was training on the houseboat. There, now, there's so, no way he went. He went to prison. So you, no you have the so you have the plot line of uh, the Shogun of Harlem, Shonuff, trying who I wouldn't to doubt have, was in prison. <laughs> who, who's trying to? Then where where did he come back from? That's what I'm saying. They kind what, of the Shogun of Harlem. So, yeah, they leave Queens? it so vague. Maybe he came back what? from Queens. <laughs> I was going to say Queens. No, nah. <laughs> I think he was doing a hot time. Jersey. He was on a book tour. So, if that dude ain't from Jersey, I don't know who is. All right, so, that guy's so, kicking around Nork, all like you wouldn't believe. So Shonuff is trying to get uh, Bruce Leroy to fight him, so he can prove that he's the best. Uh, meanwhile, you've got a love affair going on, uh, a love triangle going on between Bruce Leroy, his brother, who's also the brother from Rappin, yeah. and four. And what? He's four years old. Oh, right. <laughs> and. Sorry. <laughs> and both of the both of them, just like in Rappin, are uh, ha- are in love or have the hots for uh, a a uh, young, attractive woman in the entertainment industry. And That's just right. like in that, just like in Rappin too, there's like you said, there's a, a white evil uh, corporate type person. In this case, more of an entertainment mogul uh, that is trying to put the kibosh on everything. Uh, except this one, it's really comes down to just. Uh, pure ego more than anything else. He's not really trying to tear down buildings or evict people. He just wants power. He so just he's wants actually, to fight Bruce Leroy because he hears he's so good and he's the master. No, no. Shonuff wants to fight Bruce Leroy. That's what I said. Right. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about the corporate Eddie Arcadia. Uh, you, Eddie oh, Arcadia. Uh, Eddie Arcadia. Okay. Yes. Shonuff is not corporate. He is Correct. not. He, he's, yeah, he he's just gets in cahoots with Eddie. To uh, just so he can get closer to Bruce Leroy to kick his ass. Right. Who is the master? Show sure enough. You're the king of New York. You're a number one. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Donald Pleasance, everybody. Thank you. There, there you go. It was brilliant. I thought he was here. So I, I love the scene up. that's showing now, which is is uh, and the weird drag queen that's in that, which throws the whole thing off for me, uh, just because it's it just comes out of nowhere, but. I love the whole thing where he not, just says, not the face, I'll take not anybody the on. He just stands up in the movie theater. I'll take anybody on who thinks they can beat the Shogun. And just like people to start flying out of their seats to fight the guy. <laughs> it's just great. Well, like and the one guy where he's... I'd stay away from. I don't know. Yeah. He creeped me out as a kid. I was literally legitimately afraid of the Shogun of Harlem. He has that one crazy eye, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's for high blood pressure. That's high blood pressure. And, and like rapping, I'm still not, or um, actually, I'm thinking more Executioner 2. I'm still not convinced that Mario Van Peebles did not do the wardrobe for this film. 
for, for the last dragon. Yeah, I, I just it's. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. The films are so close. Uh, uh, they were both released in '85. Why not? He did the the, the wardrobe for Rappin. It's like, hey, listen, uh, it's another MGM release. It's like we could really use your help. You did such a great job on Rappin. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, why not. <laughs> You got my boy uh, Jimmy Smith in there, Shogun of Harlem. Now, uh, now the 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 um the head the evil white guy Eddie Arcadian, uh, the actor, uh, what's his name? I forgot. Christopher Murney. What else has he been in? Anybody remember him from anything else? I remember him, but I can't remember what he was in. I remember. Yeah. I, I got nothing. Uh, Which character are you talking about? Eddie Arcadian. Eddie Arcadian. Evil, evil white guy. You know, I looked him up and. You know what? The only, he says he was in Barton Fink, but I don't remember him in there. And The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. I don't remember him in oh, there either. He was one of the cops in Barton Fink. Small part. <clears throat> he gets killed okay. at the end. He's uh, done a lot of voice over. acting for video games, though. Who hasn't these fucking days? Jesus. Look at he anybody was, up uh, in the, like, like a, a fucking dwarf in Skyrim or something. The last yeah. thing he did, though, uh, the video game voice actoring or actor, uh, as a matter of fact, was Red Dead Redemption. In 2010, everybody's been in fucking Red Dead Redemption. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but his his, go- his goons. I was looking through the cast list. One Chaz of the Paul and Terry. Yeah, which one is he? The driver with the mustache because doesn't look a fucking thing like him. Yes, he's the guy that gets caught in the window in the beginning when yeah. when, when they try to accost Vanity. I, I read that he was in the film. Yeah, he doesn't look a thing like him. I read. No, it, I read it, does. it really doesn't. No, I read about it, and I was like, okay, i got to spot which one's him. They're like, no, 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 he's not in there. What are they talking about? He, he just, in, in, the, only... in your attempt to, when when you sent me the copy, when I finally got it working, I was watching it, and I had my little notepad out, and I was, like, writing things down, and I'm watching it, and I see it, and I hear the voice first. I hear his voice first. And he was like, he was stuck in the car in the car window, and he's like, oh, come on, or something. And I'm like, that sounds like Charles Palmentary. So I rewound it, watched it again. And then I looked it up on IMDb, and sure enough, he was in it. I was like, whoa. Tip of the hat, because I I would not have placed his voice just in that one line. And after that one scene, he's in a couple other scenes, but he hangs in the back. That's the only time you really get a close-up of his face. And it doesn't look a thing like him with the mustache. Like, the hair just, like, destroys the face. Yeah. He was a lot thinner, and his hair was bigger, and he had a big furry, you know, mustache, so... There you go. That's crazy. <laughs> and skipped... William H. Macy, too, which is also a... And a young That's... William H. Macy, yes. Yeah. yeah. I skimmed through uh, I skimmed through the film today, and I got to that scene where um, he's, you know, in the window of the car, and I didn't think anything of it at all. <laughs> I, 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 I swear to God, I, I just I looked at the guy, I, it's like I did not recognize him as Charles Palmonteri, not even his voice, and I'm usually pretty good with that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have noticed it all either if I hadn't read the cast list. Now, uh, out Van Dam in, in, in Breaking Two or whatever. Oh, you can't miss him in that. <laughs> sure, you can. I, I, <laughs> I just, right. I, I just love the fact that, like you said, that he was doing backflips and stuff, and they just cut him out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a longer, and we did talk about it when we, when we reviewed it. There is a longer scene with him dancing like an idiot, and I'm <laughs> assuming that's on the. Uh, in, in maybe in cut scenes on the DVD or something because it is on the internet, you can find it. He's just oh, someone pro- someone probably just, had like yeah, the, and released them. Yeah, he's just dancing. That's like where a they got man. the idea for the dance sequence in whenever one of what 
what was it double impact or whatever one of those oh, and, and no was, that no you that was um wasn't double which impact one? you're you're thinking of the film uh double uh, impact with Dennis Rodman right no no double impact is the one where he has a twin um what was the one with Rod- Rodman then I thought double impact kickboxer the dance sequence was in Kickboxer. Yes, yes, it was. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I remember renting that for the first time. It's a huge, giant, uh, like cutout of him doing like that special kick move that he always does, and I was just like, "What is this movie?" We rented it. I took it home, watched it fifty times, and uh, I'm not ashamed. I'm not like, ashamed to say that. I like to point out something interesting. If anybody's watching live stream right now and they're seeing the uh, debarge sequence where they're playing uh, in the rhythm, uh, the rhythm of the streets, or rhythm of the, the night. night, rhythm of the night, dancing in the streets, dancing yeah. in the streets, the rhythm of the night. But if you're watching it, it actually looks like Lionel Richie doing dancing on the ceiling. Ah, so that's yes. so that's kind of that's kind of cool. I'm telling you, I'm kind of creeped out with them up being upside down because it's weird. Now, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Now, this film, I feel, really is pure Oh, yeah, that's 80s. William H. Macy, even upside down, I can tell. A young William H. Macy's, right. Yeah. This film is pure 80s. Yes. that's oh, yeah. that's I. The first thing I thought of is, this is the perfect 80s film. And what's interesting about that statement is, Scott and I have talked before about how, in the early 80s, or any early decade, it is still the previous decade. You haven't been in the, that decade long enough. So you get a film in 1980, 81, 82. It still feels like a 70s film. Same thing with yeah. the early 70s. It kind of feels like a 60s. Yeah. This one, 1985, we are well established into the mid-80s. This is your. This is like your perfect, feels like, is 80s movie. But but almost to a sense where like it's it's saturated with 80s. I mean, the, the music, of course, and it's, it's not just... Uh, like the introduction of Motown into America, but it's that kind of washed out, that kind of sanitized uh, black music. Well, so it's completely like, MTV, too. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. even yeah, down MTV to her character real... being, you know, like this Soul Train ish type show, which is broadcast yep. on live television. Right. I but think even... it was. I think it was. Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. I, I think oh. this, it was a merge of like, okay, we're going to get. We're going to bring Motown into. The video age by doing this because if you think about it, like who like the the I forget her name um something that you know the woman and the, the oh other woman, yeah, the yeah 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 the Arcadians lady you like know what's Cindy interesting Walker about that type. her name is Faith oh. Prince yeah that, by the way a complete mockery of Cindy Lauper fuck this yes. movie for that well I, no I she's she's a real she's a real singer and performer she's actually going to be at the PNC Bank Arts Center next weekend. Ironically long, enough, it was in the Sunday long, paper. As long as she doesn't make fun of Cindy Lauper like this film did, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but then you got, you know, That's she's not wearing directly her clothes fault. like Madonna. It's got that very eighties, you know, eighties vibe to the to the whole thing. I think uh, Julie Eddie Brown Arcadian, ripped her off. Eddie Arcadian was a video game mogul or something like that. They mentioned a couple times, right, in the beginning. Right, he owns the jukebox that's at, that, that Show Enough actually kicks in. That's like the Arcadian jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. But he said something about video games in the beginning, too. Like, this is, and it's all, it, it reminded me of, like, one giant MTV. Clip. They mentioned the uh, video game thing on the IMDb, uh, not the, the wiki page, I mean. They mentioned that, so. Yeah. 
It, it just says, you know, meanwhile, video arcade mogul Eddie Arcadian. So, yeah. Right. Hence the and, last and, name Arcadian. So. And so, but even like the, the his, like Arcadian's office or how, uh, how apartment um, suite, uh, whatever you want to call it, is so Art Deco, uh, like, <laughs> it's just, it's insane. And, I mean, uh, and obviously he's supposed to be a bit over the top. Uh, but you know, the, the, obviously the fashions and everything. But there's just so much '80s coming at you here. There, there's been this is like I think one of the most '80s films you've ever reviewed, just as far yeah. as total culture shock. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Your '80s, exactly. Yeah. I know. Big shout out to Mike Starr too, playing the the quintessential '80s muscle. Oh, you know, <laughs> the, you, know you know what I'm talking about? The guy from uh, he was in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He's in a bunch of things. Anytime you need a big, goofy guy, he's dead well, now, too. You know he was what? the gas man. He was the you gas know what's inter- man. interesting? I could have sworn he was dead, too, but his IMDb, IMDb page says he's alive. Really? I, I swear I saw him. I swear I saw, like, a memorial or something on, on, uh, on a show yeah. or something, on a TV show. No, I'll, um, I'll and, and su- Surprisingly... You know, you mentioned, you know, like Goodfellas and whatnot. Surprisingly, people probably know him best. Yeah, right, Dumb and Dumber. Sorry. Yeah. The most, you know the most annoying sound in the world? The guy in the car <laughs> that he's getting that shot in his ear. That well, guy. It's, it's like just whenever I see him, whenever I try to explain to somebody who it is, it's like, it's the gas man. That's the it. gas man. Yeah. <laughs> he's totally, totally, totally. Blah, blah, blah. Since <laughs> we're talking. The perfect <laughs> 80s muscle. Oh, yeah. Right down to the gold chains. The um, only the only person that I'm ashamed is not in this movie because he would have fit in perfectly would be the Asian actor from the last action hero who got the ice cream cone to the noggin. He's that, in, he was in that, he's in every movie, every martial the, arts movie except for this. Is he, the, is he the one in Die Hard that takes the candy bar? Um, or am I thinking of somebody else? I think he was in Die Hard. I think he was in Die Hard. You're talking about the guy with the mustache and the big hair? Yes, and he's bald. He's got long hair and he's bald. Yeah, yeah, he takes the candy bar. He played Genghis Khan in uh, Bill and Ted. Excellent adventure. Yeah, okay. He was also in the She's Having a Baby. He played the photographer where he actually talks. (laughs) Big Trouble Little China. Big Trouble Little China. So, yeah, I don't know why he's in here. Why he's not in here. You're right. He was busy. He was busy. (laughs) The other face I recognized in here that I had to look up was the, uh, of course, it's the 1980s film, so we have to have the chubby white kid. Well, of course. Oh, yes. And I... clothes that are way too tight for a chubby white kid in the 80s. Except at the end where they put him in a fucking dress, I swear. I didn't see that part. It, it's it, it just, he's, he's got like the flower, they're all in white at the end dancing, and he's got like this bandana on, and I swear to God, he's in like a fucking dress. It is <laughs> it's like, how, how much more can we humiliate the fat kid? Yeah, but, like he couldn't get up on the on the dock, on the loading dock, and they're yeah. like, they have to... <laughs> Pretend you can't <laughs> climb two feet. What? I felt like that kid watching that movie. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, and real now, quick, not only is Mike Starr uh-huh. still alive, he's got nine films in the can. Who? Mike Starr. Oh, Good okay. Guy from Dumb and Dumber. Nine nine so, films in the can. <laughs> I rec- I recognize the chubby white kid. I forget the name. I'm not looking it up. Uh, and I had to go and look at. I couldn't think of the film I remembered him from, but I had to look, and I found it. Airplane Two. He's the kid in the beginning that plays on the co- controls and smack and crashes the uh, plane. I was <laughs> oh, like, ah, God. shit. 
He's, he's got like the the uh, prep school jacket and tie on. Oh. And, now, what I didn't realize until I looked that up is that he's also the guy the the guy in the alley that Jim Carrey gives the balloon animal to in the mask. All grown up. <laughs> that I really? that I had no idea. I didn't have a. I would not have known that. But that so that I thought was interesting. I don't know because <laughs> so there because there you got you've got. Um, the gas man, and you've got the kid from the mask. So you got tie-ins there with Jim Carrey. Yeah, there you go. Oh man, it's wow. six degrees of Kevin Bacon all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to wrap my head around like how much I love this movie when I was younger. <laughs> I made and my I parents was... take me to this to, in a movie theater. Yeah. Made them. Made them. Yeah. Now. In the beginning of the film, the whole martial arts thing, they set it up from the first five minutes about the glow. Yes. Like you have to yeah. achieve the glow. And there's a lot of time spent in the film discussing the glow and what the glow is and how you achieve the glow and how it's a good thing for a good person but a bad thing for a bad person, the glow with the glow. I watched this multiple times as a child, roughly the same age, I'm guessing, as you guys. I do not remember anything about the glow. No really? fucking way! The, All I knew was it is the like end, the premier thing that I remember, other I, than vanity. I, well, I remember the whole thing with them glowing at the end. I just don't remember any discussion about it. I didn't. Oh, I remember the whole song. I remember the whole like yeah. you got the glow, the glow to grow. You know that like all yeah. And I, never, <laughs> I never got. I never really paid attention to the lyrics. So for me, it was just at the end they start glowing, and I was like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I, I even you, even in the opening song, they talk about glow. I, I right, and what I'm saying is, I don't remember. I didn't pay attention to any of that. Wow, it, none of it. And, and but it didn't. I, I was totally willing to accept the idea that these guys were so good that they started glowing at the end. <laughs> you and know what's I, interesting I just, too? The the TV spot shows uh, you know shows Bruce Leroy glowing in it too. So it's even meant even in the the TV spot they show him glowing. Which they should, and it actually like, says, you know, it's like in theaters now. Catch, get the glow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was for me. It was just okay. There's a lot of shit going on. Where's, where's the big fight at the end? And then they glow. So yeah, see, that was the tie-in to Elder Barge's uh, hair. Oh, is that what it was? So glow, so glow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what? And when they get to that fight scene, even rewatching the film. I will, I will say this. I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But I got goosebumps. I like the fight scene at the end of the film a lot. That's uh -huh. the only fight scene that's good in the film. Yeah. No, I, I think the movie theater fight scene is cool too, but on a different level. Again, just just the, all, all these this menagerie of people attacking the Shogun on, yes, the, on the stage. It's, it's, I enjoy that too. Yeah, yeah that was cool. But I'm, in terms of like technicality. The last one was the only one that was worth I, it. I like the scene where he's smashing that guy's face and the trainee is like, not the face, not the face. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just looks at her and goes, yeah. And then he smashes his face into the, in the, into the theater floor one more time. Her only film, by the way. I looked it up. Why oh, is really? It that oh, okay. The 80s, why is it that women in the 80s also made themselves look like trannies? Like, if you wanted to be a tough woman, you had to paint, like, arrows and daggers and shit on your face. Oh, they had the thing with the eyes where, like, they paint the eyeshadow all the way up to the head. And that yeah. whole kind of, like, Debbie yeah. Harry thing going on. Yeah. I think it was kind of like, like a, I, I think it was kind of like an 80s uh, 
punk, you know, kind of like a mixture of uh, 80s, uh, like retro, not retro at the time, like retro now. David but, Bowie thing or something, I don't know. Yeah, it was like it was this like, punk mixture thing, like this De- yeah. Devo type thing going. It was like punk meets David Bowie meets uh, Valley Girl meets Jersey Girl, and then Jersey Girl stayed, and everything else kind of changed. Yeah, because that, that was, easy? I mean, the, the, what the evil women always intrigued me, too. Like, they're... Uh, every gang in the '80s movies had to have like one or two evil women involved. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shogun's girls, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even in Breaking, I know the the evil Breaking group had to have that the women in it that were like you know. Hmm. I, I know you talked about it. I remember hearing it on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's well, that was the big thing was bringing a woman into the group because hey, you know. Yeah. Women. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know you can, you can go even further. <laughs> You know, here's another tie into a previous podcast. You're Lucinda, the uh, break in with Lucinda Dickey, who was in Ninja 3, The Domination. Oh, yeah. Had that awful makeup, too. And when she was possessed, she had that awful. Yeah, just like, like powder white, just hair teased out to, to Mars. Um, yeah. It's just crazy. My no, favorite the, scene in that movie? No, the... When she's pouring wine down her chest. I was telling oh, Scott yeah. that when we reviewed that, when we reviewed uh, break in. <laughs> And Scott's just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about, Joey. Yeah, and they've always got Chris that knows what I'm talking about. Ah. What? Can I, I finish a sentence? I, I, I'm trying to finish one three times. You're trying to interfere. You're trying to step in. I'm trying to finish the... Ah. You're just looking for a, a, a millisecond pause. That's all. Millisecond? You all got right. tons of time now. Go. No, now it's not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth it. No, okay. I'm good. Sorry. So now, back the to scene ninja- playing right now. <laughs> uh, he's wearing the uh, the yellow jumpsuit. Sure. And I, I thought it was funny because just Holly. Well, that's a Bruce, says, Bruce Lee reference. Yes. yes. Right. So that I'll, I'll just stop now. Why? Why? I, that's what I was getting at. That was what I was talking about. That it was a Bruce Lee reference. Do you know yeah, the movie? Well, right. Well. It, that's the end of what I was going to say, so just, never mind. Keep going. Well, it's like you can equate like even Kill Bill. She had that yellow jumpsuit. That that was what I was going to say. Yeah. Don't don't, uh-huh. don't take it personal, Scott. Come on. I'm not taking it personal. I'm saying, go ahead. So, sounds like you are. <laughs> that, means you're, that means you're listening. Yeah, keep I'm going. letting you talk. Keep going. We're just we're just having a normal conversation here. You're mentioning no, things, and we're keep, jumping in. What's the matter? Keep, nothing's wrong. Keep going. Holy keep, shit. See. I wish the salami nunchucks from uh, that Bruce Lee movie made a made a showing in this one. You ever you ever notice that? You ever suppose that Game of Death when he wore that jumpsuit? It was Game of Death. Yes, it was. Yeah, and he fought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in that scene. Yes, that's a fantastic. That's one of my favorite fight scenes of all time. Is the Kareem fight? Oh yeah, I remember uh, when they attempted to make Game of Death two and used a completely different actor. That they were, they cut in scenes of Bruce Lee, not even from Game of Death, just like from other films to try and make it like he was in that movie. And of course, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if in the opening scene of Game of Death 2, he's sitting down having tea and he's talking with somebody and they, they pan to the guy he's talking with and they pan back to him and it's Bruce Lee. But it's obviously <laughs> footage from something else, like another movie. 
and then they cut back to that guy, and they cut back to the footage of Bruce Lee, and then the movie starts, and then it's a completely different actor throughout the the rest of the movie. And it's so apparent. And of course, the guy that plays him, his name is like... I think his name was Bruce Lee, but they spelled it like L-I-I or L-I well, or they something had like, like that. Yeah, they had like ten different actors that were Bruce Lee. Variations on the name Lee. Like right. L-I, L-E, L-E, L-E-I. I, yeah. You yeah. know, like, yeah. They did that yeah, a lot to try and, you know, continue his legacy as long as they could. <laughs> this this was, was. This, this, to to get back to the you know to the um, last Please dragon. See. These movies just reminded me like the eighties. How I guess it, action movies, you know, they were always around, you know, in some form or another. But this is when karate action movies were like that was that was like exotic and the the coolest thing ever. I mean, you remember like. Even I'm trying to remember like the crappy eighties like like they call me Bruce. You remember that movie? Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, like they still like call me like, Bruce. I mean they tried anything you can, you gotta put some karate in there and you know, forget it. It's the you know, this well, will make us an extra couple couple million at the box office. It's why Chuck Norris was so popular. Because Bruce Lee ended up passing away, he ended up dying, and Chuck Norris was pretty much the only other person that was even was even near Bruce Lee as far as the martial arts scene at that time. Yeah. Um, even though he got his ass kicked by Bruce Lee at every competition they were at together, um, but that's why Chuck Norris ended up becoming so famous because Bruce Lee was not around to make movies any, anymore. So they latched on to Chuck Norris and they put him in everything action wise. That's Thank why he killed him. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for Menachem Golem. Gol- uh, uh, yeah, Menachem Golem. <laughs> Getting Canon and con- films and the Missing in Action and yeah. Invasion USA and Delta Force. Yeah, my and, my all time favorite, The Octagon. That's my oh, favorite yeah. Chuck Norris movie. Oh man, Blast of all time. Now, Scott, uh, real quick, um, you know well, you have to gonna... give me a, a movie challenge this episode. I do. I, I'm, yeah. I'm challenging you this episode. I challenge you. I mean, I mean you yes. I mean, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of the bounce off what Chris said. Is like it, the, the thing is like like obviously there's always been martial arts films, but the mid '80s was really this resurgence of the public popularity of it because you also saw Jackie Chan coming to America making films, and and like like you said uh, between samurai and uh, kung fu and karate, uh, all these films just started pouring out especially with direct uh with your video market too uh becoming vast so you really did see a huge resurgence of the martial arts film uh but but in in the same way that in the same level of low quality that you've always seen throughout the previous decades and the ninja remember that show the ninja with no yeah uh, please lee van cleef yeah yeah. Oh was, yeah! Um, now I do. Now I do. That was a uh, shitty show. I, I. You know what? I'm sorry. I. What? Did I how dare you? I'm trying to think of the name. It, it's not. It's not the ninja. It's ninja. The master. Something. The master. The master. The master. Ninja. master and ninja. that had Michael Dudikoff in it. No. Yeah. That was before no, he branched Timothy off and, he, and. Oh no! Timothy Van Patten. Timothy yeah. Van was that, Patten. That wasn't yeah. Michael Dudikoff. No. no. Chris is right. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought it was Dudikoff. Anyway, but you're right, and I didn't remember it. But now I do. My father made us rent 
every single one of those to watch it. Every single one. I've seen every episode of that show. I watched it religiously. I I used to go to Krausers and buy Ninja Magazine. <laughs> and buy Ninja Magazine because I wanted to and I would fantasize about buying the Chinese stars in the back of the in the back of the magazine. You know and what? Being a ninja. And those climb and those spikes that you put on your hands that you can climb trees. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. imagine this like fat white kid trying to climb a tree or a telephone pole in, in you know, in Bloomfield, New Jersey. I, I uh, the uh, if you're a movie, uh, excuse me. If you're a mystery science theater fan, they actually did an episode with uh, Master Ninja. They they had two episodes put together as a movie, and they, they uh, did a riff on those. That's a great yeah. episode. And oh, the bad man. guy was uh, Shokasugi. Oh yeah, he was chasing oh, them. And uh-huh. Shokasugi, I, I remember watching ninja. everything he ever did. I remember when um, Pray for Death yep. came out, and you you. You couldn't get, you couldn't see it in a theater. It wasn't in there long enough. And then it was when it was out for, on VHS. Everyone that didn't go see it in a theater rented that like fucking crazy. And you, you were on a wait list, which seemed like it was forever to see that film, forever. Yep, it was one and of had, the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, but yeah. like you know, Ninja, Ninja Two, Ninja Three: The Domination, Oak Shokasugi. You know he, he was the go-to ninja, always. He, you had to afford him, though. You can't all, like you all know. through the eighties. He was he was the go to guy. Yep, his son is now uh, a movie star too, but not here. No, he's, not here. No, not here. Yeah, I did, I actually I looked him up, you know, because when you do research for like say the Last Dragon and everything, and it just like when we were doing Breaking and all that, Lucinda Dickey, and then you go to Ninja Three: The Domination, you just you just end up on this loop. Where you're just looking yep. up things, it's like, oh shit, Shokasuji, I remember him. I used to watch his stuff all the time. Then you look at all the stuff that he used to do, and it's like, oh my god! And then your Revenge of the Ninja, and then they had that guy with the White Ninja, and it's like you never really saw White Ninjas. Um, but in that wasn't film, that the, the guy, the um, Franco Nero? Was Franco wasn't Nero that, in that? Fra- wasn't he? The, he was in one of the Ninja movies. He was like the White Ninja, or maybe he was the Ninja with the silver mask or something. Really, I, I, I'm I'm checking that while we talk because yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. Um, no, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I don't remember him in any of the ninja films. I, again, I could be wrong, but I, I thought it was him. Shokasuji's uh, still alive, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, Frank Frank Franco Nero only did like 500 movies, so Franco Nero was in Enter the Ninja. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Enter the Ninja and. Yeah, there's a dude on the cover. He does not wearing a mask, but he's in all in white. I'm assuming that's Franco Nero. Yeah. Menem Golan, director. Jesus, he directed. Dude, he did everything. That guy oh, was yeah. a, that guy was like a renaissance man of shit movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, the slap to the face to Cindy Lauper is on the screen now. Just thought I mentioned that. <laughs> oh, you know who else was in Last Dragon? And I totally forgot. Eighties favorite. Ernie Reyes Jr. Oh yeah, was that that was his first film, wasn't it? It, it had to have been. I mean, he looks like he's three. I think that oh, was the, his first the, film. The smart Alec Asian kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who yeah. who ended up doing uh, stunt work uh, in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film? He was, I think, yep. Leonardo. I forget who he was. Um, but then branched out and kind of became a 
not a movie star, but he became kind of famous. But I think he, he's a choreographer, kind of now, like fight yeah, that's that's where his bread and butter is. He does all. He was that in the stuff. rundown with uh, The Rock and Christopher Walken. Yeah, he, he was didn't... kicking uh, what's his face's ass. Yes. Uh, yeah, I like, like hanging the hanging from trees. No, that was good. Uh, it was fun. Um, but Ernie Ray Jr. He was. Um, what was that? Chris, my my I have a theory. My my Christopher Walken theory is every movie he's ever been in is that much better by the sheer fact that he's in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, no matter how terrible the movie is, at least it's got Christopher Walken in it. Well, yeah. I mean, and if it has Christopher Walken in a helicopter, it cannot be considered a bad movie. It has to be considered. That's right. Decent. Like, like take, take well, the... Joe Dirt for instance. Infinitely better <laughs> film because of Christopher Walken. I, I yep. think you found a flaw to that theory with Joe Dirt. Thank you very you, much. You, you're talking to my uh, boy. You're talking to him all wrong. What, what if I, especially what I because a... okay. because the, the writer director went <laughs> went through the went through the uh, trouble just to specifically make him say Oompa Loompas. <laughs> I mean that the whole film is worth it just to watch Christopher Walken say Oompa Loompas <laughs> to a bunch of like mine, uh, diamond mine workers. <laughs> Fucking great. Oompa Loompas. <laughs> All right. And then oh, and Ernie Reyes was also in the eighties, or maybe it was it had to have been late eighties. Uh, television show with Buck Rogers, Sidekicks. Oh. God. Oh wow! Jeez, I forgot about that show. That was uh, that was another Chuck Norris film, wasn't it? No, no, no Gil, it was a it was a show with Gil Gerard. Well, it probably was a movie also. Didn't I think Chuck it was Norris do a film called Sidekicks? Yes, he did, but it was with another okay another kid, I think. Otherwise, just Sidekick. Was it? Or no, side, it's Sidekicks. Uh, oh, that yeah, kid! He's, he's, oh God, that kid committed suicide. Jonathan Brandis. I saw Sequest. I kind of understand. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Ow. I apologize. I apologize. No, we don't apologize on this show. Too too Wait soon. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, he only died 11 years ago. I feel bad. That was that was a pretty horrible suicide <laughs> by hanging. Fine. Ouch. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> he's Jesus Christ. He would. He's our. Well, would have been our age. He's born in 76. Jonathan Brandis. Jesus Christ. And that Christ. talking dolphin. That fucking talking dolphin. <laughs> That's what he wrote. That was his last word. <laughs> that fucking talking dolphin. <laughs> That's right. But then Roy late... Schneider was in it, so you have to give it some uh, props. Yeah. He was in Ladybugs? Jesus Christ. Yep. Who is that the girl is. in Ladybugs? Oh, I'm no. right over way off topic now. The hot girl that he liked. <laughs> That never happened. That never happened. Uh, What's her name? Vanessa Shaw? I thought she was famous. I guess not. Yeah, no, it's Vanessa Shaw. I don't know who that is. Yeah, she's the the redhead. She was also in the shitty film Hocus Pocus. The shitty film. She kind of looks like uh, a porn star. Um, What's her face? Um can't remember her name right now but she looks like a porn star <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah Scott's, sorry Scott's, about that scott's in deep thought <laughs> well i just well first of all they're, they're in vanity's apartment now and again just like the first painting on the wall it's just like 80s advertising art deco insane yeah. 
For as much money as she has, she just leaves her purse at the door. She just drops it on the floor at the door when she comes in. Uh, like she doesn't have like, I, I don't know. I don't buy that. She doesn't, she doesn't also care about too, material things. The thing about this movie is for the... I mean, okay, we're talking supposed to be semi-gritty, you know, Harlem in the 80s. There's, you know, evil kind of like, you know, mo- like, you know, corporate underhanded gangster types. It's a very clean movie. Well, it, it's, oh, yeah. I, you're, you're touching on something I was going to mention. It's a very good point. It's really, it, this, this is a kid's film. This was made yeah. for kids. Yeah, and it so had it, to. Yeah, so it's like a Sesame Street version of the ghetto where where his, you know, his, his family, his struggling family, they own their own pizza shop. I, I, I don't want to see the scene where, like, Shogun goes in and says, hey, how come you ain't got no pictures of ninjas on your wall? <laughs> Just direct the old pizza to Daddy Green. Pete's <laughs> Pizza. I oh, wanted sorry. to go to Daddy Green's Pizza. Watch it, son. Now, in my head, in my head, the uh, again, I hadn't seen this in decades. In my head, the the father who owns the pizza shop was John yeah. Amos. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's Me not. Too. No. I was going to say that. I was going to say that, Scott. I was going to say the same thing. Exactly. In my head, that's who it was. Yeah. James. And then I watched him like, that's not him. <laughs> Give me some more calzone, Florida. <laughs> is is that is that bad? I mean, is that bad? Where like like when we think of eighties black father, that's like our our white brains just immediately go, well, John Amos. Are you are you Probably. saying just, they they all look the same? I'm I'm saying it's weird that as as white children, and then we grow up and we're thinking back, and well, obviously it was James Amos. <laughs> see, but it's see, just, you know, I have a different the fact John that Chris Amos Lass- thing because I fact remember that- early. You know, watching you know, Good Times, of course, like said, right. like James, you know, James. watching that. But then I also remember him in Beastmaster, which he was badass in Beastmaster, yeah. right. which we reviewed not that long ago. Yes, yeah. I tried to, I tried to make a lot of comments, but I, but that fucking live stream thing. Uh, no, I know. we might move to UStream, or what? maybe if we go to YouTube streaming service, they won't fucking flag us. But I don't right. know. But well, what I'm saying, us. Joey, is. It, it, yes. it can't be. It, it's it can't be just a, a coincidence that Chris and I both were thinking Amos. Uh, when, when that's weird. It's a collective subconscious of white teenage America during the eighties. Like, it's I'd love to make it the trifecta, but I, I don't remember thinking that for some reason that it was John Amos. Well, you're, you're just better than us. That's all. Is yeah. that no? Okay. That's not pretty much it. <laughs> you're more worldly and, and oh. multicultural. Wow. <laughs> multicultural. <And> multi- <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all grew up in Bloomfield. That's a that's that's a crazy statement right there. <laughs> yeah, that is. That yeah. is true. I know the Krausers. I also know uh, the Krausers. I know oh. Palmer Video, which and all let's, that good stuff. Let's, let's stick. Let's. let's. Let's stay on topic. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Topic. No, gonna... Curry home video. Yes, I yes. I visited there uh, quite often. <laughs> this is how I know all this movie shit. It, it's like I don't. I was at Curry Video so often. I don't know how I didn't run into you two more more often. Everybody well, you went to Curry Video, one, right? I was North End. You're. A, you, would you go to the? But South I, no, I I, w- I I would go to that Curry Video that was over by the McDonald's off the Parkway. Uh, yeah. I was in the I was in the back room with the adult videos. That's why I wasn't yeah. old enough to go through the you were saloon doors. Playing chess with Joe Curry. 
Current video was insane because they had this huge they, they they had this huge book of like 800 pages that yeah. just listed titles of adult films. That was it. Yeah. And, and you, you know why? Because of Joe what? Curry. <laughs> if it yeah, wasn't sure. for him, the, the list would not be nearly as good or not as large. That deviant motherfucker. Uh, I just remember walking in there and just seeing all this crazy German, like you know, torture, you know, booby torture porn, and I was uh-huh. like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, re- I was also a member at Palmer Video on Belleville Ave uh, in Bloomfield. Uh, was that the one and- that became Dollar Video? No, uh, that that that's uh, Dollar Video uh, was in the parking lot with A and P. Yeah, and where yeah. Gerard used to work, and. Down the same Belleville Ave, you're just going down maybe like two minutes. There was a little shopping plaza, uh, and Palmer Video was in that. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, all right, it was over there, it was right across the street from uh, the hot dog place that they used to have over there. Um, but uh, I used to be a member of Palmer Video, right? Dickie, yeah, Dickie D's. That was the one where they showed the hot dog, it was like in a triangle bun. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, they used to have uh, saloon doors, uh, just like most places did, actually. And I was tall enough as a kid that I could see over the doors. So I would spend a lot of time on that wall pretending to look at movies when I was really looking over into the salon doors. Yes. Yes, So they're trashing the pizza shop now. Yes. And even like the even like the hats and the, the, that the parents are wearing, and the, even the pizza shop itself, it's got that a very like Sesame Street feel to it. Oh yeah. So so my question is, what's your feeling on if they remade the Last Dragon, mm-hmm. but like but made it like a real martial arts film instead of this like kid thing? Uh oh, we lost Chris. Hmm. I don't know what happened there. Uh, we lost Scott now. <laughs> oh. Let me, let me. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Uh oh, Scott, you there? Oh shit! I see his face. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to end the conference call and start it over. Oh no. Uh. Here, let me. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, he disconnected. He's going to try and call again. He was in the middle of making a point, too. <laughs> oh, no. I think he was going to ask uh, if they remade Last Dragon today, because they had this Sesame Street 80s feel to it, what direction would they go in today if they remade this movie? It'd be like G.I. Joe action. You know what I mean? Like, did you see? I mean, I don't, I know. I'm sorry to have to say that I did see G.I. Joe. Uh, I saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. Yeah, you're not missing anything. But you know how the action's all there, but it's it's not real. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Like yeah, like watching the cartoon when you see the parachutes out every five after every plane that gets shot down. It's the same thing. It's it's sanitized action. They would go yeah. that route. I think. I, I think either that or do it'd be the comedy Starsky and Hutch remake kind of vibe to it. And now, the wheels come off. Uh, yep, there you go. So soon? <laughs> now, uh, you were in the middle of a point. You were you were asking, I believe what you were asking is The Last Dragon, 
when it was made in the 80s it had this sesame street even their their costumes felt like that if it was remade today you're gonna fix the screen what happened to the screen well on live stream we're, uh, we're looking at me big and we're not seeing the movie oh is that better now is good, yeah. Is oh, that I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to help us get back on track. That's okay. all. Uh, but I think uh, the point you were trying to make is if they remade it today, what direction would they go in? Well, what I was saying was it's, such, it's obviously such a kid's film. If they remade it today, uh, can you see this as a real film? I think I, I think you can only because films, even for kids, not that they're getting more violent, but they're getting more adult-oriented too. Like take the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. A lot of kids went to go see that. It's PG-13. But they made it in such a way that adults, theoretically, are supposed to be enjoying it as well. Right. I think for this, they would go the same way. I don't think they would go as... What, I, well, what I'm saying is, what about doing it as a straight martial arts film now? Or a straight action film now? And not gearing it towards kids as well? It would probably have Ben Stiller in it. <laughs> oh. Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson as the Shogun of Harlem. Oh, oh God! Oh, oh. All right, Will um, Ferrell. I'll, I'll do Will Ferrell. I Will Ferrell is uh, uh, Eddie Arcadian. No, as as the Shogun. <laughs> I I you know what that it's works. Weird. You know what that works no, equally no. as good. I got a better Robert Downey Jr. as a black man playing the Shogun of Harlem. <laughs> I don't step out of character until... <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I don't step out of character until the, the, until the end credit. The, co- the DVD Audio commentary. commentary. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Shut up. I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> this... this, I don't know. This I don't... The, the whole... I don't know if it can be done. I don't know if it can be done again. Well, I think it could be done. I don't think it'll be done right. I just don't think they would ever do it. It it, it obviously wouldn't be this. There's no way. This this is like lightning in a bottle. This is the 80s, like, just uh, uh, killed and stuffed. And this is a taxidermist 80s movie. You're you're never going to equate the exact exact same. You're never going to have a fight sequence with a white Mr. T at the end. The (laughs) only thing that's missing from this movie, if it... To be perfect, if it was, I mean, it's '80s youth. If this was pure '80s, it would you would have awful, menacing synthesizer music and cocaine, like a Brian De Palma movie. Sure. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I agree with that. You know that? You know what I mean? That's that's '80s too. That's the adult side of the '80s. Like, that's like out. the Manhunter <laughs> type. You know, Michael Mann. Miami Vice 80s. Well, it, it's also, I mean, even though there's a lot of names in here that we recognize, it's not mainstream 80s like fucking Breakfast Club shit. It, it, it's like, it's the, the it's it's not the, the main don't, box office 80s. Don't be this shitting is the on rest the Breakfast the Club. I'm shitting well, on the Breakfast is, Club. I'm don't be shitting on the shitting Breakfast on Club. Dumb fucking movie. I'm sorry. It's not movie. a dumb movie, man. It's I love, a movie. I love, I never love that fucking it. movie. Still don't, still don't care for it. Sorry. You know what? So Chris, you want to uh, you want to do the show with me from now on? <laughs> I had no idea Scott's hatred for one of the greatest '80s films as well. Yes, Bre- the Breakfast you know Club. You want you want to know another 80, uh, classic '80s film that I, I watched recently that I hated? What the was Big that? Chill. I hated that fucking movie. Yeah, oh, no, God. I, I, piece I, of I, fucking shit. You know I why I hated that, that movie though? Why? 
because I could not relate at all. There was nothing in that movie relatable to me. No, we were kids. We were like seven years old when that came out. But I I watched it like a month ago, is what I'm saying. I never watched it until a month ago. It's... it's, I watched it looking for like, oh, it's a deep thing about you know people dealing with death and and the whole thing. I'm looking for all this like really deep stuff and like uh, it's such a famous film and it's you know so many from that time period. I'm looking for some really good writing and it's not there and it and everything is like resolved at the end, which is just fucking stupid. It's it's a horrible film. It's not real. Like that's why I think. The Breakfast was, Club's more real than the big show. Yes, like yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. mean that is a negative thing. So, no, but I won't. I don't want it to be. It can't be. Like, first of all, like you know, like I said, we're suburban. Suburban America is where we grew up. So that's the the, the Breakfast Club. Even though it was a little bit, I'm a little bit young. So well, I guess we both we all are. We're a little bit young for the Breakfast yeah. Club. I got eleven years old. I mean, come I on, few, eleven. Yeah. I was eleven years old. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I was nine years old when uh, when I saw The Breakfast Club. Ten, realistically, when it was out on cable. And one of my favorite things about watching The Breakfast Club was watching it on Channel Eleven. The way <laughs> the way they yeah. they cut Flip out you. any kind. Flip you, man. Eat my <laughs> shorts. <laughs> I just wanted I wanted high school to be like that. I wanted yeah. a library like that. Forget even high school. Our library, Bluefield, sucked. The middle school library reminded me of, of Breakfast Club a little bit. Yeah, a Just little bit. Just the way it was laid out. Well, even so, the middle school, I believe, was a better structured building on nicer grounds than the high school ever right, was. That, we're going back to reminiscence, going to steer it back towards the film. We are, we are. Yeah. And say, uh, I, personally, I, I like how you're saying, I, I, I didn't know anybody from that movie. I, I have a closer connection to reality in The Last Dragon than I do in Breakfast Club. I really? recognize more real life people in Last Dragon. <laughs> wow! You know, you know what? Uh, if we want to reminisce, but it ties into the Last Dragon, the movie theater where they're having all the fight scenes reminded me of the Royal. The Royal, the right? big, big time. <laughs> yeah, oh, I swear that was the fucking Royal. <laughs> I went, I went to go see uh, Rocky Three in the Royal. <laughs> oh God. With my mother, oh, and I think I, I, you know, and again, I don't want to sound like sheltered and weird, but I think I were, I think we're the only white people in the movie. <laughs> we were always the only white people in the royal, <laughs> and they were thinking, and and that was the Rocky with Mister T, right? Yeah, <laughs> so that was like you know they had a. I I remember me like I remember a distinct hate whitey vibe going on oh yeah while watching that movie like the, uh, and, and the, I remember, the center like, the center theater wasn't any better no no not at all I, ironically the, the only the only rocky film i ever saw in the theater was rocky four and so there was none of that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and there were there were no russians in the theater so i didn't I the closest really didn't. i came to that is i think you know what's his name chris Biscavish is probably in the theater he's about as, oh, really? he's about as close to that as i got <laughs> I remember Biscavich and I going to see Drop Dead Fred at the Royal. Dead or just, Fred, you were just... the only people in the theater. <laughs> well, we were the only, we were the only people that weren't a parent or a child in the theater, so it was a little awkward. Just a That's little... like the Royal. We had to go see Hardware. 
I remember going to see that awful piece of shit. Uh, you didn't like hardware? hardware? I still have, I I still have a soft spot for hardware. It's in my collection. I like yeah. hardware. I remember renting hardware on VHS uh, and just be just loving the box art. I'm just, I have, I have, I love, I liked hardware. Oh, the only thing I liked about <laughs> it was Iggy Pop. The only thing I liked about it was Iggy Pop's. Uh, you didn't voice. like uh, the the music of the future being Guar. <laughs> I just yeah. remember, like you, I said, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop being the DJ. Yeah, that's what that's, I remember. That's weird, Chris, because your review of um, hardware is my review of the Crow too. The best part was Iggy Pop. <laughs> you're you're actually right on that one. There God, you know. we all we all saw that in a theater. I still want <laughs> oh. my still I still want my money back. <laughs> I think I write a letter every other month and I get denied all the time. Do you think that if you went to go see The Last Dragon now, you'd want your money back? No. No. I'd give no. them more money. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a whole different, because, again, we, we love this film still as adults. Yeah. Because, because as kids, we're, you know, the glow and, you know, the, the action scenes, we're sucked in by that. As adults, there's just a campiness to the film that is eternal. And it's like, like the Shogun now, he's having this weird fight club. And he's got on these, these those uh, shoulder pads. Yeah, I love it's those just, pads. Again, <laughs> Mary Van Peebles was involved somewhere. It's it's just ridiculous. And and then his, all his gang is all wearing camouflage. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's there's. I, I love the suitcase of money too. So keep your money. Like, so good. We're we're fighting in a fucking basement. Come on, <laughs> we're starving. Following your ass. I, think, I honestly think this movie too had had a lot to say for like the harmony between the races too. There was no, there was, was a lot of racial. Race. No, there was a lot of ethnic representation in this right, movie. Right, right, and and all the white people were bad. Well, yeah. When are, when, when are we not? No, because the 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 ditzy the ditzy video star. Turned out to be okay at the end, you know. She, she was, was just like, right. She was just stupid, getting by on her tits. Getting now, by I'll, on I'll grant, my tits. I'll grant you, <laughs> there, there, there's a more positive uh, white presence in this film than there was in Action Jackson, but not much. People under the stairs hate whitey. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But, but now it's funny because <laughs> think about it. Here, you know what? I'm going to say this. I think. Uh oh! I need to hit the dump button. <laughs> Tyler Perry is so successful now is because of Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. <laughs> I'm going to say it because think about it. It's a primarily ethnic cast, primarily black, in positive roles, which is Tyler Perry's thing, right? Having having you know all the roles, but this is a mo- like it's actually we've actually gone more racist now than ever before. Because, like, Barry Gordy's Last Dragon, everything was kind of, like, harmonious. Especially at the end. Except for the the white guy. But they don't exist. White people don't exist in Tyler Perry movies. Except for the turtle in the last one. The the guy from Entourage is in it, I guess. Alright, now, in order to agree with your your theory there, I would have to have actually seen a Tyler Perry film. Come on, you've never watched a Tyler Perry movie? I'm still not convinced to exist. I'm I'm going to go with Scott and as far say as I that know, 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Joey. I mean, I mean no, 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 it's fine. I was going to let you finish, but I'm going to agree with Scott. I don't believe they exist either because I've never actually seen one myself. As far as I know, wow. they just make the trailers. You guys are <laughs> racist. You're a bunch of racists. If you listen to our stranger show, you know that wasn't true. <laughs> you, you know what? I've also I've also never seen any of the Step Up films, but that's not because I didn't want to. Yeah, me neither. Um, I haven't seen any of those. So I a High School Musical, again, for, for all I know, High School Musical didn't actually exist. They just did all the trailers and all the kids went, ran around wearing t-shirts and stuff. I, and, and Scott, I can only attest that the Twilight films exist because Scott has seen them, but I never have. And I'm going to make I've you, not. I've not seen a one. I watched them for this show, and Joey hasn't watched any of them. Oh, I, no, I take it back. I do know High School Musical is real because when we went to see a Saw premiere, it was, this, it was a midnight showing of the Saw premiere. At the same time, there was a midnight showing of the High School Musical That's premiere. right. We, were, we went to that. There was, there was literally, there, everybody was waiting in the lobby, and there's literally, 50% of the crowd was denim jackets, heavy metal t-shirts, tattoos, and the other half was teenage girls in their pajamas for the midnight show. And my only fear, my big fear was there was going to be a fight between the two groups. And never and the twain shall meet. I was convinced that we would lose. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Under sheer like, weight of numbers. But the yeah, most sexy was, way possible. And if I'm not mistaken... Don't <laughs> 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 ever be beaten to death by a pillow. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, it was Saw 3. It was Saw 3. It was right, because it was High School Musical 3. Oh. Right. Oh, that's right. And then Saw Four. That, I know what that was. Saw Three because Saw Four is the one where I I almost attacked that those kids in the theater. That was at the Washington Theater. Yes, that was. I remember that Washington. No, that was the mall, wasn't it? Uh, no, the, mall was, the mall was 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 Saw Six. I thought you attacked. We, people, you were going to attack people at a. I, I well, it, it don't, no. It's, you have, do you want me us. to? Do you want me to tell the story, or do you want to tell the story? It's a short. I'll, no, you, you you can tell it. It's a short story. All right, I believe it was Saw Four, like you said. And Scott and I, we pick our seats. We're always prompt. We're always early. We always get our seats. You know, we want to watch the trailers. We just want to make sure that we're in our seats and ready to go. So the whole experience. Yeah, exactly. So Scott is sitting closer to the aisle. I'm sitting next to him. I'm more in. And there is this group, like two or three people, who are talking to... Uh, were they in front of us? They were in front of us. Right, and I will tell. I will tell this just because it's briefer. Not 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 going on Joey. Uh, the movie's on Kinda opening, are. and it's and it's dark screen too, <laughs> so you can you can't even see that much. And there's like four teenagers in front of us in a row, and they're just fucking talking, and they're talking, and I'm ready to say something, and then another teenager comes up, kneels in front of me <laughs> to talk to some. Talk over the chair to somebody, and I just, I just hit Joe. I hit Joey in the shoulder. And said, "Get up!" And I, we're fucking moving. And I literally, and I pushed this kid out of the way. And it just took us to like two empty seats halfway up on the left. And I remember Joey's yeah. like, later he's like, "I thought they were going to come after us." <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to get to death by Zach Efron. The, the, the most vivid memory I have of that is how shitty the seats we ended up in were compared to the ones we had. We were oh, off yeah, to the, the we to were the off to the left. Uh, it was like looking up to the corner of the screen. It was just it was next those, time. You know what you do next time when you're in front of your TV. Grab your chair, sit as far left as you possibly can, and watch TV <laughs> that way. That's yeah, how we was, saw. That's how we saw was, the movie. 
Yeah, it was one of those theaters where you have, like, the row on the right is, like, 12 seats long, and the row on the left is three seats. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, like, you're, you're not, it's, it's, like, just one row for, it's, like, sitting behind the pole. Uh, it was at a very concert. reminiscent of, of the, the Franklin Theater, you know, like, when you would sit all the way to the left at the Franklin Theater. Oh, God, I know exactly what you mean. That, that's what it felt like. Ugh, Terrible. Terrible, terrible. That's like when I went to go see <laughs> The Phantom Menace with my friend. Uh, uh, you saw that uh, at the Franklin? No, no, no. I saw it. Oh. I forget where. We saw it at a Lowe's or something. Or whatever. Big theater. But when the, you know, when the scene, screen goes dark, it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you know enough to shut the fuck up. Sure. Right? You should know enough to shut the fuck up. So some guy was reading out loud. <laughs> he, goes, he starts seeing it and my friend Dave which I don't know if you remember him Dave DiCarlo quiet kid used to hang out one of my best friends and he just looks He just I'm, and he's very quiet to the point of you don't even know he's there half the time he looks up and he goes shut the fuck up like in the middle of the theater <laughs> and it was like it was the best moment it was the best like you know movie theater Shut up moment I've ever heard, and, and I don't just, blame him because yeah. before you were completely disappointed by that movie, you you were anticipating not to be. <laughs> no, yeah, you were. I, I tried hard to like that movie. I knew five minutes in that it was total and utter garbage. I just I, liked, I knew I, I knew Last Dragon better than Star Wars. Oh, absolutely! I just knew that it was a steaming pile of shit. I, I knew no before Andrew they Pets. made it. It was a bad movie. No, I, I had hope. I really did. I, well, you know why I also had hope? Because Gerard called me two hours before I actually went and saw it and told me it was great. I'm pretty sure I was with him when he saw it because I had to see every fucking Star Wars release three times. No, <laughs> I, no I may be thinking of the re-releases, not the Phantom Menace. No, I you were talking... Yeah, you did uh, the re-releases. Didn't Gerard yeah, dress because, up as Vader? For the re-release, well, not no that 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 wasn't that was a showing. I'm talking about when they re-released them with when when Lucas added shit and they re-released them in the mainstream theaters. All oh, the, the, those, yeah, yeah I had to in, see uh... I had to see them three each one. I had to see three goddamn times. Once with the, all the guys, once with my father, and once with my girlfriend. Oh, Fucking God. dying, dying. <laughs> Why did you I'm do terrified. that to yourself? I'm terrified of the new. The new uh, regime. Oh Disney. well, with yeah, but but J.J. Uh, Abrams is directing. I have some faith in that, just because of how well he did the Star Wars. Uh, yeah, movies. yeah, I, I'll, I'll watch anything J.J. Abrams does. Yeah, even Super Eight. What well, wasn't Which, bad? It was just no. I, I I had this anticipation that it was going to be a, a lot better than I. I don't know. The trailer just really grabbed me. Uh, Super 8 was one of the only movies that ever took me back in time. Yeah, that's what the trailer did for me. And when I saw it, I liked Super 8, but I thought I would like it more because of how yeah. that trailer really, it just, like you said, took me back in time. I just was like, wow. That Wait, just I, really, really just just takes me back. And it, yeah. was, like, it, was, it, was, it was good, like, but... It was like it was trying too hard to be this generation's uh, E.T. E. Or, Goonies. Or, or Gremlins or Goonies, exactly. Like just yeah. yeah, it was just like, 
oh, it, it was like this whole ball of nostalgia, and it was trying to be that thing now instead of just, it, it, yeah, I, it just left me wanting. It was like, uh, I could have just got, I could have watched one of those old films. You spent, and they spent so much time and effort on it. Yeah, but that's kind of old and jaded now. That's why. But it's still better than half half the other shit that's come out. I'll give. Oh them no, that. like I said, it wasn't bad. I just yeah. didn't, you know. But no, you're right. I and and like you said, I felt wanting uh, as well. But whatever. Who so. would star in the new version of the Last Dragon? Well, the the, the bad guy can't be. Uh, well, the the bad guy can still be like a entertainment mogul, uh, like Ted Turner, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> but the 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 woman can't be the host of a DJ TV show because obviously they don't exist anymore, and even MTV doesn't exist anymore. So she would have to be like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like maybe like have her own YouTube channel. <laughs> I mean something like that. And they, and they keep, keep flagging right. our channel. That, yeah, that's exactly. what she, she just maniacally laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep it in the music world and and have yeah. Arctic and trying to get his girl into the industry, it would be so like it, it, it's so obvious it doesn't work. This is like a kid's view of how it works in the real world. It would, doesn't translate, so you'd have to do something different. <laughs> totally, I don't know. It would. Yeah, it, it's that's the I hardest mean, character to redo. A Shogun. I mean, I, I I could see the Shogun existing today. I don't see any difference except again, except the fact that all he does with his gang is run around, beat, uh, try to beat up. Bruce Leroy trash pizza shops and then reject millions of dollars from from uh, wealthy gangsters. I like there's there's no game plan. At least Mario Van Peebles in um in uh, Executioner Two like was like yeah now we're gonna start yeah we, we we kill people but now we're gonna start dealing drugs. Exterminator Two. Ex- Exterminator Two. That's what I said. Did I did I say that? That's not what you said. Okay, that's what I meant. And Although ex- it, so. Executioner Executioner Two might might be a good name for a movie. Probably Probably was. There's probably a film called The Executioner. I don't know. There is. How could there? there how could there not be? Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, I think we talked about that when we reviewed. You get the Robert Genty's corpse to be in that one. Probably starring, you know, Dolph Lundgren <laughs> or something. <laughs> I must break you. Well, is it, they don't uh, okay. really make. They don't really make mar. Well, they do make martial arts films now, but they're but they're not mainstream. They're not like you know you you get like uh, your martial arts films now are like the transporter. That's yeah, that's, modern that's as close as film. yeah. You're right. That's as close you can yeah. get to it. So, or, not, or well, you got the or you straight out like you know import movies like Ip Man and stuff like that. You're right. Yeah. There are no there are no such thing as like you know Jean Claude Van Damme movies anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of died out at the end of the '90s, early. Yeah, I think I think I think Van Damme and Rodman killed it. I think it's time to bring it back. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I could stand film. to watch a, a few martial arts. I mean, I know they tried with the Karate Kid. That was shit. Made a I mean, lot of fucking money. It made so much money that I am actually shocked that there hasn't been a sequel. Well, they didn't want to. They didn't want to waste the the uh, um, Will Smith you know what child. Happened? What you know what happened? The kid grew up, and now he doesn't. Now he's not the cute little kid anymore. Who's who's the Karate Kid? Now he's after Earth kid, and you want to stay far the fuck away from that, that's for sure. Well, that's what I was saying, they, were, they, they, they would have done the Karate Kids, but they wanted to save them for After Earth, because that was going to be the big breakout thing. Oh, Well, yeah. that's one of the biggest pieces of garbage I've ever seen. Still haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah, we meant to, to review that a while ago. We meant to review it when it came out. Yeah. Special, it's You know what? The special effects are interesting and novel. 
like yet you don't really see the tight like the way the the way like what they were trying to pull off. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not talking in terms I'm not like the design. I should say the design, the set design was like of the ships and the way the 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 clothes that they wore that was different. But the rest of the movie just like ugh, the acting ugh. Even Will Smith phoned that shit in. Oh yeah, and he was with his kid. What an yeah. example. Yeah. I was watching, I'm like, man, he's not even trying. They're not, I mean, Will Smith can make me laugh on a fairly regular basis if he wanted to. Well, it was like a Men, serious Men movie, in Black. I don't know if you like Men in Black or not. I don't know the... Yeah, uh, we like the, the series. First one, the Second first one and shit. the third one. Second one's complete shit, yeah. Yeah, but the first one was funny. Yeah. And, and you know, he did some funny lines and he had some funny bits and... You know, he, he's he was. I thought I used to think he was a worthwhile actor. Now I'm not. Yes, so. I still think so. I just think he he hasn't been doing much lately. Uh, I love. I, I, in some ways, I like three better than one. Partly because there's time travel involved. I'm a sucker for time travel. But <laughs> and, and I I love the line when the, when the cops pull him over back in the 50s or the seven no 70s 60s. I forget what year it was. In the it's movie, sixties, I believe it's sixties. He's and he's and, and he's like, "There's a boy. Where'd you get the car?" So, just because I'm black doesn't mean I stole the car. Well, okay, <laughs> okay, I did steal this one. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a nice levity, you know, about the rampant racism of that time period as opposed yes. to today. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I, uh, I did rewatch. I forget who who. Um, I don't know if it was you, Chris, but somebody had said, "Yeah." Wild West, I like that, and I said, you know, I should go back and revisit that because well, I didn't Wild, like it Wild back West. then. It Wild, wasn't Wild West, because I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, because I revisited it and it still sucks. I, oh, I mean, yeah. there's nothing, and nothing redeeming in that. I remember at all. when we talked about that. My nephew is loves that movie, loves that oh. film. But the difference is when we talked about it is when that film came out, he was probably 12 oh. years old. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it makes sense that he loves that movie. I've seen films for 12-year-olds with better writing. You know, here's the thing, though. It's like I watch movies like I watched um, Henry V with, uh, you know, with, with Kenneth Branagh and Brian Blessed. And there's that, all you know, the, the Band of Brothers speech, which is like this the, one of the coolest speeches ever in writing. And, and Kenneth Branagh probably did it the best out of any time of any place I've seen it. And then I see him in Wild Wild West and I want to puke. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I watched the movie Thor, and I'm like, you know what, Kenneth Branagh directed it. I'm like, that's you know, Thor is not a bad. It was it was entertaining. Yes, it Scott, I was still do, Scott does not think Thor was it. I thought Thor was a decent film. I This is a take two, because apparently you have to select uh, your microphone in order for your voice to be recorded. Anyway, uh, if you haven't gathered, Livestream crashed my computer yet again. Uh, good old Livestream, always crashing my computer. 
uh, and it seems on a regular basis as well. Anyway, I want to thank Scott, I want to thank Chris Wolner, I want to thank everyone involved in this episode who did a great job. Unfortunately, the live stream cut us short, uh, but you know we were probably going to go long anyway. We did about an hour and a half, that's pretty good, that's pretty good, pretty good for free. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for our milestone episode of 150 episode, 150th episode of Movie Sucktastic. Uh, to just get this show ended, you can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all our shows there. You can watch the show live there. You can listen to the show there if you want it. You can go to iTunes and you can download our shows there as well. Please leave us a review while you're there. We always appreciate that. You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You want to leave us voicemail? 908-514-4470. You want to get in touch with us uh, by email? You can do that too. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. Also, download the app. The Android app for your phone, for your tablet, whatever you use in Android-wise. It is totally free. You can listen to the show live. Uh, you Not live, I'm sorry. You can stream the show. You can download the show. You can go to the website, get the merch. Everything that you can do Movie Subtastic-wise, you can do through the app. I highly recommend it, and it's free. So, And uh, my parting words of wisdom in honor of Scott, fuck live stream. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.